What is up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Full Court Press Podcast presented by the Craft Factory. Matt Riley Pierre with you. How y'all doing, gentlemen? Been doing good over here, man. Uh, it's a lovely day at the PNW. It's not too hot, not too cold. Your boy, I got a little sunburn yesterday. I went and hit some golf balls. Oh, the range had to get. I'm going down to Arizona in a little bit, so I had to, uh, you know, get my golf game correct. Uh, <laughs> mostly Riley Mickerson out there. People think of Arizona, Riley, is you just golf in the sun? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. I'll probably I'm gonna burn no matter what. Uh, I have a special hat. Uh, to protect me from such things, I carry SPF on me as if it was, uh, um, you know, like a EpiPen or something. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, it's that, one of the cooler life. days today in, in Arizona, though. So you're good. Oh, wow. Nice. What is it today? 97. Ooh, that's lovely. That's that's the service of the sun, I'm pretty sure. So that's good to know. See, that might be lovely for Arizona standards, but I know 97 in Ooh. California I couldn't deal with it, so man, I think it's because you're probably used to it. Yeah, you're in, you're in you're in the IE, right? No, 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 no. I'm in I'm in uh, Los Angeles. Okay, I'm okay, in, yeah. yeah. I'm from Riverside in the IE, and so in the summer, it typically is in the 90 hundreds. Well, see, I have family up there, and I go up there, you know, weekends, and I, you know, so that weather, I, you know, I'm more. I, I have I have no, absolutely no experience in those uh, in those situations. Uh, like I said, it was it was like it was like seventy two degrees maybe yesterday, and my forearms are uh, super red right now. Uh, wow! Some, yeah, my hands even. It's uh, don't worry. I have some good uh, moisturizers and whatnot. Uh, make sure everything's cool, so my skin will survive. Thank God. Well, glad to know everyone's doing well. We had a couple of playoff games scheduled to tip off yesterday. We had the Bucks. Versus Magic, Game Five. We had the Rockets and the Thunder, Game Five, and we had the Lakers and the Blazers, Game Five. However, due to recent events in the world, those those games were postponed, strike, boycott, what, however you want to assess it. Definitely For those of you that don't know what took place, there was a Wisconsin man by the name of Jacob Blake. He went out to stop a fight. However, cops were called to the scene. I guess the cops thought he was causing trouble. And they kind of harassed him. He tried to walk to his car. And they offloaded seven shots into this young man's back. From about a foot away. Yeah. Now, before anyone starts to, oh, what did he do? He did not do anything. Yes, the man may have. Because I've been seeing people put up previous pictures of his his you know youth days and that has nothing to do with took place this man was trying to be a samaritan and stop a fight and was gunned down thankfully he's alive but he's paralyzed and the milwaukee bucks advocated for stoppage you know due to it being in their backyard they felt it was too close to home they didn't want to focus matt riley what we saw yesterday, it was, it was at first I'm like, oh man, you know, no basketball, but they made a statement. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that they, the Bucks made the right call. I mean, obviously we know today they're playing and we're, they're going to continue the playoffs, and we'll, we'll get to that. But I think in the moment that was the right call. I mean, George Hill had come out with a statement before they boycotted, uh, or just a, a quote that he pretty much said, you know, we knew what was going on, like. 
we you know it was a mistake coming here you know what i mean like because because we now the focus is off the issues and obviously they decided that they wanted to put the onus back on the issues and they did that um and obviously with jacob blake that's a rough situation there's you know people want to bring up things on either side of, of him his his past um you know who he was you know <laughs> before but at the end of the day we know that the police cannot murder you um for a crime if you were not being violent they you know he had his three kids in the car uh he opened the car door they shot him he has three kids in the car he's right. not reaching for a weapon he's not reaching for a weapon he's got three kids in that car uh, you know it's he's a father and i you know and we have a, a lot of people that would listen to this podcast are fathers themselves and i'm you know you're not going to risk your own life um especially if it could potentially risk the life of your child so it's an unfortunate situation but i'm glad the bucks did it because it was important and it, and it made the rest of the league take notice and uh you know stopped games for the day it made the mlb mls wmba and the wmba deserves a lot of credit because they've been the most adamant about protesting uh not just taking the knee not just wearing the shirts and putting the things on the putting uh statements on jerseys they've been adamant about um about trying to make real change that was definitely a uh it was cool to see solidarity solidarity in the sporting world, not because of COVID, but because of uh, something uh, that is much more um, much more vital in the moment, basically. Matt, yeah. care to chime and, in? Yeah, Riley said it just so so beautifully, so great. Um, the Bucks, I, I'm proud of them. I, I think they did the right thing. They they brought some awareness to people. I've had people asking me, Matt, why did this happen? Why did they not play games? So obviously it brought some awareness if people keep asking the questions of the why. And hopefully what people do with the why is go do research, go look it up, mm -hmm. um, go figure it out. Um, think, don't let people just tell you what to think. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a big deal, Matt, because that's, yeah, that's a, that's a huge piece of the situation is that, you know, we have, I looked on, um, on message uh on facebook on the comments section of you know this when the seahawks announced solidarity with yeah. what uh with, with the leagues all, all the other leagues and the sounders uh, the seattle sounders and the mariners seattle mariners and i looked at the comment sections of those and the vast majority of things that i saw and keep in mind i'm in the pnw a lot of white people up here and basically there was a lot of people who just said i want my politics and my sports separated i want i, I don't like this i'm not i'm not a fan of these teams anymore and what we understand with that is is that you know, if that if that is the biggest thing that you have to deal with when it comes to social justice, if that's the in the worst way it affects your life, is if it is something to do with you just can't see the sport that you want to see that day, then you're doing fine, and you need to look in the, and you need to look and understand and do the research on why people are so upset and don't have that same peace of mind that that is the only thing that affects them when it comes to social justice. Um, the, the kind of ignorance to that is is becoming more and more obvious. I think that's what it really did was really kind of outed people who just really don't care and don't care and don't want to care and really ignored the issues from the beginning. All it really does is you just highlight the fact that those people don't want to change. They don't want to see what's really going on and see why people are hurting. And so it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the bucks. And also I'm really proud of Jalen Brown because that kid, yes. uh, that, you know, yeah, some people in the NBA he meeting, not, he, he's not all talk. No, he is not at all because in the meeting that they had, the NBA had, last night um some teams said you know hey guys you know to the bucks like hey you know how come you guys didn't you know talk to us first before you decided to make that move of boycotting or um of striking sorry boycott is definitely the wrong word it is striking um 
And Jalen Brown stopped that and said, no, you guys don't need to explain anything. You made the right call. You did what you had to do, and we support you. So that kid and uh, and Pierre, what did you say he said? Um, he said he was questioning the people like, oh, you know, those that are trying to leave. He said, okay, why do you want to leave? Do you want to leave and go home because you're lonely? Or do you want to leave and go home because you're going to go protest and be in the trenches? Yeah, I think that is a the question that needs to be asked. Because, yes, we know these players are fatigued. Some of them are battling injuries. Some of them are, you know, missing their families. Yeah, but if you're leaving, sure. with the exception to Dame Lillard, because we know why he left. But if you're leaving to just get out of there and you're not going to go show up at a, a rally or anything, then, you know, what's the point of you leaving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah you got to do more than just talk. We just live in a time where everybody talks, and that saying talk is cheap is real, I think, in our culture because you can easily tweet something and then go again. Yeah. That, that tweet. But there has to be action. There has to be. Exactly. That's why I love uh, Jalen Brown, just like you guys. I've never said that about a Celtic before. It's uh, tough to say. I'll uh, agree. It's tough that's, to say. That's... But, but I got to say it because this. This kid, I mean, what is he, 22, 23? Yeah. Um, is is changing more than most people, right? He's walking in the streets. He's using his platform to actually invoke change. Um, I, I don't know, but I'm sure he's given quite a bit of money from his rookie paychecks and any other money he's gotten to help change because that's just what he's doing. Yeah, so yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely proud of the situation as far as why the Bucks did that, and and just what it sparked in the you know in our communities and whatnot. Man, because, it sparked so much. Because since, since George Floyd has passed and and the onus right. has turned to social justice and police reform, it's now we're it, it, nothing. Things have changed for sure. There have been changes, but we're still understanding that it is very much at the forefront. Um, you know, still it you know there's there's the, you know it's pretty much you're chipping away at a at a boulder. You know what I mean? And you're getting you're getting some dust off now and then. But that boulder is still right in front of impeding the path. It is still there. Exactly. And a lot of people are like, why do these NBA players care so much? Why do these WNBA players care? Why do these athletes care so much? They make so much money. Why you know, why should they care? Yeah. Well, as someone who's African American, let me let you guys know why they care. Because if they wasn't playing sports, this could very well be them. Can you imagine a LeBron James? Me and LeBron James swap places. LeBron James very well could be me. I could very well be LeBron James. I literally go to work every day. I work at a park for the for the city of Torrance, and I'm surrounded by. I'm not. It's not even minorities where I work. I'm basically the only minority, and I have to walk every day at my job, with, you know, looking over my shoulder, turning around, watching my surroundings because I'm in a big park. Sometimes it's early in the morning. Sometimes it's late night, and. I'm, I'm not going to say I walk in fear and I live in fear, but, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, it could be a cop. It could be a, a, anyone. You know, I just make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm safe. And these athletes have cousins, nephews, kids. LeBron James has two kids. Both of them are playing. Well, he has three, but he has two boys who's playing basketball. This could very well be his sons. So this is why it's so important to these athletes to make sure that not only are not only those the killings of unarmed black men stop, but they're being heard, they're being seen. 
you know, a lot of people, oh, uh, the basketball, basketball was not a distraction. It's not even, you shouldn't even look at it as a distraction. I was thankful to get basketball back. However, like Riley said, this is an ongoing issue. When will it stop? We really don't know because when we thought it was going to stop, it didn't stop. And this, like, I never knew anything about this video until I got an alert on Twitter about it. And when I watched it, I was like, wow. Like, and I just started seeing people getting fed up. I saw um, former players. I saw current players, players who are not in the bubble. You know, and I just was like, well, wow. Like, to see the outpouring love that they're giving this this situation, but not only this situation, but just the black community as a whole, it's deep. Kenny Smith, man, props to Kenny Smith. He doesn't get enough credit. What he did yesterday was phenomenal. Chris Webber, too. Chris Webber's speech was... It was amazing. Really touching. Because literally, even that morning, before any of that happened, and he said all those things, there were still... I mean, there were threads. I was reading threads, and I'm seeing on Twitter and everything. Everyone just, you know, just wrecking Chris Webber for his analysis, which is not good most of the time. But then he comes out, and when it comes to something that is as serious as social justice and... Um, yes, people look like himself and and what they go through. He had a beautiful, beautiful thing to say, and it was a very powerful message. And it was some a lot of people should listen to. Um, wh- no matter what, no matter what uh, color your skin is, because it's very important at this point. Empathy is key. Empathy is important. I've I've been white my whole life. I've been sheltered my whole life. As far as uh, when you know my whole high school, I think there was two, maybe three black people that were at my school. Mm. You know, uh, I lived a very white white upbringing basically and then i left you know let leave that place and you realize that you know you see other people see through other people's eyes wear other people's shoes and if you listen and you, you understand then you see what's wrong in the world right now if you don't want to do that and you think that how you see the world is the only way to see then you're really blind and that's it's we're just at a point right now where that's we can't have that because pierre like you said you're a law-abiding man who you know is watching that park making sure things are cool and yeah you you should not have to fear if a police officer walks up to you and starts questioning. You should not have to fear for your life at any point. Even walking down the street alone. Like, I live on a busy street, guys. Exactly. So, if it's a 7-Eleven right across the street. So, if I want to walk, you know what I'm saying? I can't I can't do that without looking around. And I'm not sure how it is for Riley or you, Matt. You know, to well, me, me, there's, you know, there's, no, there's no color barrier. But, you know, I, I, like I told you guys yesterday, I've been silent about this. Not just because I don't care, but it's just... Certain things I don't like to talk about just because I'm I'm a straight shooter and if I say something and I offend someone I'll feel bad, but I'm I'm you know I'm I'm starting to just really question the law. Like you guys are put here to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how the law is in Arizona, Matt. But I know here in California. You know, because like I said, my brother and my, you know, I have a few family that's in law enforcement. With the exception of them, you know, I just question the tactics. You know, do you guys go around and are, are you paid to do what you do? Do you feel good about doing what you're doing? Is it is it not enough for you to just arrest someone and, and, and detain them? Or like, you get a, is it an ego boost? I just, I don't know anymore. You know, I. I try to walk around and, 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 you know, hey, how you doing? If I see an officer, how you doing? But it, that doesn't matter anymore. They stop you. You could be as nice as you want. And, it don't, you know, they don't see that. Well, Pierre, you talk about the tactics of it. And, and 
was if you see the Jacob Blake video and don't feel pressure to watch it if you haven't seen it anybody because it's the same as any other video it's an unfair shooting of a, of a black man but uh, when that happens he opens his car door and he goes to go in and the police officer ends up shooting him grabs him with his left hand if he was trying to subdue him if he didn't have his gun out ready to kill that man if he had two hands he could have grabbed him and thrown him to the ground whatever you got to do to subdue somebody without violent force without you know without without you know potentially murdering somebody and but that, like you said the tactics are set up to not uh to to harm first more so than contain so yeah those things definitely have to change and uh and like you said I, i've never had to fear for anything I've, I've never walked in fear of a police officer in fact when i was younger uh, and stuff and i'd be out in the bars and clubs and stuff if i was with my black friends i definitely like i, I would want to be in between that if there was ever something questioned no matter who it was white black whoever I would, I'd be the one talking to the cops because I knew, hey, I'm good. I'm good. And I understood that privilege early on and tried to use it for a positive as far as, you know, I mean, hopefully I can, you know, deter the police from doing that. But that's a crazy privilege to have. And to not understand that I had, if I didn't understand I had that, that's a very ignorant place to be. So hopefully people um, going forward uh, continue to understand how important all of this is and start to listen to people that's really all it is you got to listen you have to have empathy and you have to be willing to unlearn things that you've potentially learned and uh yeah hopefully we're getting there the nba is trying to do that um and it will, i guess we'll shift focus i guess to the fact that they are going to play um they decided yeah. that the Lakers and clippers last night had a um a, a, with the other teams had a meeting they voted to not play and basically walked out um and lebron james included Kawhi included they both spoke about not wanting to play they then, um, and apparently this morning, they woke up and they basically all reconsidered. And I think part of that is because of the, uh, you know, the players sacrificed a lot to be in the bubble. And they knew that when it came to social justice issues, you know, they were kind of foregoing some of that just to, to be there. And I think they knew that. I think at this point, they've all sacrificed enough time away from their families that they want to finish. Um, Matt, so don't throw your Laker jersey in the closet just yet. <laughs> we'll be getting your game. I find it, yeah, I find this point really interesting. Yeah. really interesting where um it happened so fast right because last it, night it really was hearing lebron and the lakers and Kawhi and the clippers um are are not wanting to play so in your head you're like oh if lebron and Kawhi, the, the two most powerful teams right now right are saying they're not gonna play then the season's probably over that's it and then of course they need a night to sleep on it right like you don't you don't want to just make an emotional decision. You want time to actually think logically through things. Um, so it was just really, really interesting to me. Yeah, it definitely yeah. wasn't. I, I didn't. I went to sleep last night thinking 70 30 that they were going to play after really thinking about it. I was like, I think they're going to do it. But I really did have a have some hope in the fact. Um, not that I really, I mean, I, I wasn't really either way on, you know, canceling it. If they want to play, they want to play. But I really. Thought they might because, like you said, LeBron holds all the cards here in a sense. Kawhi too. Those LA teams are powerful teams, not only in their you know as basketball teams, but also as public figures, and with their influence. And I think that was a big deal in that LeBron had said, you know, I want the owners to get involved. And at the end of the day, if they would have just said, "Sorry, we're not going to take the court," what do you do? Right? Do do you bounce? Does, does Portland automatically advance? Does Dallas automatically advance? Do you take that away? That's and that, that was ground. I don't think the NBA wanted to wanted to walk through, but it, it could have been something that LeBron and Kawhi could have done. So I'm not blaming them for not doing that, but that is interesting that I I thought that they had the potential to really make that change as far as you know 
no social justice issues um, and police reform are so important that we are just not going to play. So, like you said, Matt, interesting stuff for sure. Um, as a basketball fan, for sure, I'm, I'm excited they're going to play. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of good basketball to be played. Um, but yeah, it's just as long as things aren't. From what I've heard too, is that they're going to play, but there's also going to be some extra push on the players to get owners involved to maybe donate some money. We've seen other leagues people have donated money and whatnot, and so I think they're going to continue to push for that. But yeah, interesting stuff. Basketball is back on, um, which is good for us here at Full Court Press. <laughs> Definitely is, and we have some games scheduled to tip off today. Those will be postponed. Looks like play will pick up either tomorrow or the weekend. So it's looking more like the weekend from what I, I, I think it, it should be the weekend. I think it will be perfect to just take the rest of this week off and then get back at it on the weekend. Also too, from just from a scheduling standpoint, the TV standpoint and whatnot, I think it's just easier to wait until maybe their next games were supposed to be played, whoever it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that way they can just kind of refill those spots, you know, just with it, with the game that should have been played previously. I'm just uh, happy that uh, we get more time for Westbrook to get healthy. So, um, that, yeah. that, no, actually, I was thinking about that too. That is a funny thing for sure. Uh, yeah. Dwayne, we her, need, her, we need that time since you'll probably play the Lakers next round. Uh, I wouldn't say probably just yet, man. Y'all, you know, and I, and I gotta, you know, give credit to the Lakers. Yeah, they turned it um, on, man. They turned I would be it the on. first to admit I, I wasn't too. I didn't see it. I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, they coming in. They don't look good. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna be Portland. Riley was the first and one to say it. Like he was. He they, was they look, they look phenomenal. Like, yeah, but obviously after dude. game two, game three, it was kind of, or game two at least, game three, it was definitely obvious that they were, the Lakers were figuring it out more. And like we said, I think the end of the last episode, I had said I tried to say the Lakers were gonna, like I wanted to see the Blazers win, but I did think that the Lakers would take it. Uh, and they did, and I mean they've been they've just been dominant since, especially on Kobe Day. Shout out to Kobe oh Bryant. Um, they just it would look like a brand new team. Yeah, <laughs> and that was one of those things. Where it, it, it is true. If LeBron knows if LeBron has something like that on his shoulders, as far as like, because I mean his whole thing since he's been in LA is he's appeasing the LA fans, LA fan base. He's been working uphill with that, and that was one of those things where man, you want to earn the fan base's credit, you win a championship, and you always step up for Kobe. At this from, point, those are the two from, things from game one. To that last game, it was like from Space Jam, the aliens before they took the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, really, because really, they yeah. couldn't make a shot. Game yeah, one, yeah, they became the monsters out of nowhere. And like they, man, Pope, like Pope, like for a million dollars, could not hit a, hit a shot. Man, but it was like game four. They just was a total. It was like varsity versus freshmen's out there. Oh my gosh! It was like, wait, is Pope really scoring? Is Danny Green hitting these shots? Who is this Kyle Kuzma guy? Man, they was, yeah, this is number zero they out there. Bullying them. They couldn't do nothing. Nurkic was tired. He kept yeah, that guy. That guy's been out of it. I mean, and, and it's I, credit Nurk, Nurk, Nurk. We got to give Nurk is just mentally drained. Like he needs yeah. to go home. He needs to rest. Yeah, a lot of those yeah. guys. I mean, those guys mentally have been and emotionally just been through so much since you know since way before the playoffs started. They've been dealing with. Uh, just every game was a, it was a must win, and eventually you run out of gas as far as that goes, um, and especially because especially when you have um, weaknesses in your team that the Lakers can exploit like they do because they're they're as good as they are. But yeah, I mean Dame, and obviously when once he got hurt, it was like let's just wrap it up because. And I think last night if the games had been played, I think that's what we would be talking about is that the Lakers advancing and the Blazers getting to go home. But I mean valiant effort by the Blazers to even get there because they were doubted the entire yeah. time. 
and went off on his thing. Nurkic, Nurkic played amazingly. If he had better conditioning uh, uh, throughout all this, he w- it'd be even better. But he played amazing. McCollum had his moments. Gary Trent, we got to understand that Gary Trent is a piece that is important to them. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I think that when they do play that game, um, I would assume that is. You never know for sure, but I would assume, obviously, the Lakers are going to wrap that one up. I mean, I mean, they, yeah. scored 40, they scored 43 in the first quarter. Yeah, that was so bad. Wasn't it like it was like 24 to 8 at one point even? Um, yeah. 43 in the first quarter, 37 in the second quarter. Yeah. Oof. Just it an onslaught, man. <laughs> yeah, LeBron, I think, yeah, you know, and everyone was wearing Kobe jerseys and stuff. It was it was a good moment, you know? LeBron shot, I, I haven't seen this in a long time. LeBron shot tw- 10 for 12. Yeah, inclu- including that shot from, like, the logo almost. Yeah, and four from five from downtown. Yeah. Yeah, just wild. It, I, yeah, it's, the spirit of Kobe really backed him up there. And I think that's how that was evident in, you know, a lot of the players that were playing that day. It's, you know, Kobe had so much uh, influence and was cared cared for by or was loved by so many, you know, on such a on a basketball level and beyond that, that I think it's uh, yeah, I think LeBron knew and that team knew like we were not about to lose on this day. You know what I mean? Like we can't lose anyway. We've already let this team take a game from us. We can't let it go again. So good on the Lakers uh, and good on the Blazers. And I hope that we can wrap that series up soon and get it moving because that will be. The Lakers are ready for the next round for sure. Yeah, they're definitely ready for the next round. We'll see. We'll see. It might yeah, be we the definitely. Thunder. It might be the Rockets. Man, I don't know at this point. I told you guys coming in, I would love to advance. Riley thought I was upset at the game four. And I wasn't because we do this to ourselves all the time. We were up 15 in the third quarter. And we got away from what we were doing. And what we were doing was playing inside out or outside in rather if it's not working outside eric gordon was getting everything at the rim i was loving it why we decided we went eight for eight on threes in the third quarter and then they just kept shooting them heat check for anybody that don't know heat check is bad when you keep making shots and then you go try to do a heat check that's when you go cold we went cold if you miss yes you gotta be proud of daniel house jr though you gotta be yeah yeah Twenty-one points. A couple of players stand out to me: Daniel House Jr., Jeff Green, even Harden. But Harden has some costly possessions that either he just was frustrated or he just didn't care. Green too. Right. 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 I, I, I like Austin Rivers, but he needs to do more. Yeah, yeah zero points last game doesn't do much. He need, and I got to give par, uh, props to Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Outside of um, Josh Okogi, I didn't think there was another guy that can defend James Harden like that. And yeah, Lou Dort's showing emergence on guarding Harden is is yeah. Harden Harden's yeah. played fine against him too, and at certain points in the series. But yeah, the fact that he is slowing like all, all you can do with a guy like Harden is slow him down and hope he misses his shots. Yeah, and that's all you can do really, especially in the league the way it is right now, cater to the offense. Like that's all you can do. And to see that and guy, then, not only that, but Dort on offense was like attacking a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stuff. It was it's very nice to see Chris Paul's doing his thing. Just you know. Being yeah. a pest and leading that team, it's it's crazy. I mean, like I mean, after the two zero start to that series, it seemed like it was going um, to be right. Maybe so just weren't ready for the moment, you know. And it, we've yeah. seen, what we've seen since is that they very much are. Chris Paul just got in their eyes, got in their faces, screaming at him, probably going, "I don't, I'm not getting blown out right now to my old team." And they they figured it out. So it's I'm just glad that it is going to be a um, it's an interesting series. Now it's best of three. And that's great, you know, because I mean, some of these series have been blowouts, um, or you know, it's been a it, we're looking at like four one series, uh, things like that. So it'll be nice to see that happen 
uh, or just to see how that plays out because you know it, the, the rivalry speaks for itself as far as the Chris Paul versus the Rockets and vice versa. So it is, yeah, I am excited. Yeah, OKC needs Gallinari to play better than he did last game for sure. He was three for ten and only had nine points. He's a big part of that Thunder team. They need him to. In the game before that, he did fine. He did pretty good. One of the games he did really good, but. For the Thunder to win this series, Gallinari is one of those pieces that has to hit big. For sure, I agree with you, Max. He's also he's a go-to. He's one of those guys that has that gene in him, where he he'll take the big shot. He'll take whatever shot is there. He's not afraid of the moment at all. You know what I mean? You know, if if he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to confidently shoot that thing, no matter what time of day it is. So, they where does he go next season? I think that's a toss-up. Honestly, I think it's going to matter with money and play. I think it's going to be he's going to fall. Uh, he, or his his contract will come up later in the in the free agency. You know, like once other big pieces fall, yeah. I think then he'll he'll figure it out. I think it's pretty wide open at this point. But he's going to be a value depending on where he goes. It's really up to him. He could be a valuable piece on a good team, or he's going to be a, an even more valuable piece on a bad team. Where's one place you'd like to see him? If you're like Gallinari, Miami. Yeah, hmm. off the bat, that's what I was thinking. Um, I think Miami's going to go for for Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I could see that too. I could see Gallinari Ooh. going to Philly once they clear out all the all the space there. What about Phoenix? Oh, Phoenix that's a nice. That's a nice. Fill that power forward spot with someone good. Oh, they have Saric already, and I know that they like him a lot. He comes off but the I mean, bench though, usually. Yeah, I know. So yeah, definitely. I mean, for Gallinari, yeah, if he would bring. Just pretty much the more refined, more veteran version of Saric already. So yeah, if they want to, if they're in win now mode, like they seem like they're going to be next year, finally, then yeah, I think Gallinari would be a great, uh, a great addition for them too. They got to be in win now mode, or else they lose Booker. Yeah, for sure, they have no choice. <laughs> they have no choice at all. If they don't get to the playoffs, Booker is in Minnesota uh, by by you know free agency. He's buying winter coats. He's ready to go. Booker might. Oh, do you think Minnesota tries to use that number one pick to get Booker this year? The, you know they're making the call. That's one of the most valuable the assets they will have. So you got to. You can yeah. make the call because if you lose Booker, you still have the first pick and you still have your ninth pick. And also, too, I mean, they could get other, they could get the first pick because it would be a, a bigger trade than that, I think. They'd be yeah. something else or whatever. But, I mean, exactly. Booker, that we know, is a primetime player, basically. He's, he's setting up to be a top ten player in the next, you know, three to five years. I mean that's that's in, almost invaluable at this point. So yeah, uh, Minnesota if they trade the first, they trade you know a, a piece or two, a couple guys, younger guys they have. Um, yeah, I mean Jared Culver, do you get rid of Culver? Make him I think that Culver one? would probably go. I think. Oh man, I'm trying to think. They had a young who's Malik Beasley is solid. Yeah, I, don't think, Beasley, I think Beasley stays put, or he might go. I mean, I, if I you're, you. Booker, you're trading anybody but Towns and Russell. I know a Kogi a Kogi might stay. Yeah, basically, like like Matt said, that it, whether it, Russell and Cat and Cat are the only ones that are. Safe. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, t- you're mean, telling us how they do we it. We have these that's... draft picks, we have these future picks, and you have anybody on your roster except for Towns and Russell. Let's make it happen. Oh gosh, that'd be such an ugly team. They'd score Ugh. so many points. And think Kevin so Garnett much. will take them to Seattle. Yeah, and then uh... I'll look at that accordingly, and then I'd change my tune. I'd say they're the best team in the league. So, <laughs> which jersey would you get? A day Russell, a time. Russell Towns or Booker? Which jersey are you getting if they were on the side? Oh, Booker for sure. No, yeah. are you talk, I thought you said Carl Anthony Towns. 
No, no, I'd, I'd probably, uh, I don't know, I'd probably get that one for like, uh, if I had a small dog or. <laughs> Someone soft in your life. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, pretty much. I'd I'd find I'd go find uh you know whatever you know some baby on the street and just kind of toss them a jersey or something. I don't know. Um, ah, yeah, interesting. If I, can a, I can find a manatee somewhere. That's got to be the cover of of a podcast sometime. Riley just tossing a baby a, a Carl Anthony Towns jersey and giving him the finger at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Poor child. Yeah, I mean, baby would have no idea what's going on, but you know that's it'll figure it out someday. <laughs> but yeah, no. So hopefully, I get a Booker jersey for sure, just because uh, the number one's always clean, and I'm assuming that's what Booker would be. Uh, for me too, I'm I'm big on the aesthetic of a jersey, as far as like like I've always like my I've always liked Derek Rose jerseys because Rose and the number one, it's simple, it's clean, love it. Tyson McGrady, yeah. Can, yeah, can we talk about a team that I think needs to make the most off-season moves? What team would that be? Seventy Sixers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about it last week. Off-season moves. Blow this entire team up. They already fired Brett Brown, which was the best decision so far. No, but that's the thing is that Brett Brown did not build that horrible roster. Like, like, that. Brett Brett Brown is the guy who's coaching the people up. Now, as far as the leadership goes – I mean, like I said, like we've been saying, Joel Embiid. I've been saying it forever. Is that a Joel Embiid is not the guy who's going to lead you to a championship? Ben he's, Simmons he's out. right now. He's a number three in my head. He, no, here's the thing. He, he's a number one talent wise, like talent wise and scoring his work ethic wise. Stats wise, he's he's a number one guy, and I get that. that's why people are gonna are gonna fall for that. But he's he's one of those guys where he'll do that, but then you will never win a championship with him. It just he's won't. just really unhappy. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, you could see him on defense. I was, I was going off. I was yelling at my TV at this guy because you know it's it's an elimination game. Of course, you're tired. Of course, you're back against the wall, and he's all he's worrying about is his fadeaway jumpers when he could be attacking the basket. And on defense, yeah. not only being lazy and blowing his assignments and not hedging screens, not fighting over, not communicating, but then immediately when something happens, he's pointing at Shake Milton, he's pointing at Thibault, he's pointing at whoever was working hard over the screens or under the screens. And, you know, and he's standing there 10 feet back from these screens. They're hitting jumpers and he's pointing the finger at them, yelling at them. And it's like that lack of accountability is why he cannot be a leader. That's what it is. MB needs to go. They need to get rid of Harris's contract if they can. Horford's contract. They need to just completely reset. If they can keep Simmons. How do you get rid of some of those contracts? That's that's tough. It's very tough. That's the thing. They might be stuck with them. Yeah, they could easily be stuck with those contracts because they're going to be stuck. Al Horford back to Atlanta. Where's the thing? Horford will be easier to move. (laughs) Horford still has value, so I think he'll be easier to move. Al Horford for John Collins. There you go. I think Tobias Harris is easier to move than Horford. Uh, but Harris, no. Nah, for me, it's the it's the opposite. I get why I get why you think that for sure. But I, for me, I think that Horford is a veteran dude who can still give you a lot. Uh, he was just so underused and or just used so incorrectly in Boston that I think that are in uh, in Philly compared to Boston and whatnot. That I think that uh, yeah. But with Harris, he's such a tweener, and he's I don't know. There's something about his game where it's it's not Embiid level, but it's like it's more his game. He's it's too he's making way too much money to not show up when it matters, and he didn't show up either. At least Embiid put the stats up. Harris didn't even really do that. So it's yeah, and he's got the talent to do it. So it's yeah, they just need to press reset if they can keep Simmons cool. But I mean, eventually, a guy like Simmons who is not a great leader himself, like, and is very similar uh, as far as he just is rolling his eyes, getting getting annoyed. He is so valuable. He's, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. 
on offense can do everything, literally everything but shoot. If you can keep him and build around him and keep him happy enough in the in the in the meantime, then you do that. But if you need to just jettison everybody and you know say bail on the process and just say we're building a new team, you do it. Everybody is free. If I'm running the 76ers, everybody can be traded. Yeah, you, you look. It, it's like uh, it's like okay, see, exactly. it's like everything has a like everybody has a price. We'll just stack draft picks again. We'll start it over again. Um, but here's the thing: is that Elton Brand also is a terrible GM. So, uh, and I think he stepped, did he step back or is he still the GM? I think he, he's I think still the GM. Is he? Jeez. He's okay. still the GM and he already came out and said that he don't plan to trade Simmons or Embiid. Yeah, Doesn't mean he won't change his mind, but. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of those things where, you know, he's saying that now maybe, but that is, that's the thing is that if, if we look at this roster next season and it is, and those guys are both still on the team, then those Sixers will continue to be out in the first round now. And see, that's what I say. You give them. Maybe up to the trade deadline by next season and see how it goes, and then one of them has to go. That's you don't want to be stuck with them for a full. of waiting until the trade deadline because it's so much harder to trade those contracts because they're big contracts. In offseason is when more money is free. But right. deadline trades are so hard to move big contracts. Also, I totally agree with you, man. Also, it's, it's, it's too – we already know how it's going to go. We, we, we've watched it happen these last few seasons. It's not going to change. If they, if they make tweaks to that roster and keep those two guys, at the end of the day, it's not a ch- you're, you're, if your goal is to win a championship, you will not do that with Embiid on your team. It just won't the happen. Most, the most New York Nick move would be to trade for Tobias Harris. Yeah, it really would. That's that's a guy that literally the Knicks would covet. Um I mean, the best thing for Embiid would be to go to the Knicks. You know what I mean? For Embiid, somehow, he, they don't have the assets, but to get him there or someplace where he can just put up his, you know, 25 and, and 8 and, you know, on 38% shooting, you know, on fadeaways and, and stuff like that. Like, well, Don't count out Embiid to the Warriors. Oh, but that, that again, that's so, that'd be so bad for them. Like, maybe Wait, they, no, in think, their culture, think, they can change think, that, but. I think uh, mentally bad fit. Skill wise, yeah. incredible fit. Oh, skill wise would be great. That's the thing is that it's never about his skill. He is such right. a great player, but it's how he plays. It's how he he doesn't play how he should. He's would rather take those weird fadeaway jumpers as opposed to bodying people in the paint, which we've seen him do. It's not like it's it'd be new for him. It's tough for him to to adapt. He's adapting in the opposite direction for no reason, and so it's the fit and the mental. It's 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 the fact is he not going to take the shots that he should take that are easy. And play the game that he should play. And then is he going to blame people when things go wrong? Because no matter what's going on in a season, there's going to be tough times. Look at the Warriors in the middle of all their, the, the dynasty they'd created. It's, you know, there was a lot of turmoil in that, you know, and you have to fight through that. You have to be mentally tough enough and trust your teammates enough to want to make that happen. And he didn't do that. And he, he's really horrible at that. So that's, you know, yeah, Dude, we'll see. The Warriors trade that second pick. Yeah, I think so. I think they do. That's so tough. I mean, it, this offseason is going to be really interesting just because, first of all, like the time and the time they're going to have as far as like whenever they're going to start the next season or whatever. But, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I think that they do. Um, but for what? I have no idea or who. I have no idea. That'll be that'll be nuts. And then it's like if they keep the second pick, what do you do with it? Like, do you He's take Wiseman? Like, I mean, I think so. I think no, I right. think. You know, I just felt bad for Lamelo. You know, he may end up in Charlotte. Like, my goodness. Yeah, that could be good for him. Or, or, or somebody will trade up to get him. Chicago Bulls, maybe. That's yeah. what Gibbs is hoping for. 
Yeah, the, the, like I said, the draft this year, the free agency in the draft, it's going to be such a everything that we think we're looking at right now and what we think is going to happen. It could be so drastically different, uh, no matter right. what we could speculate on, because it's it's so wide open as far as the draft. The draft, there's no clear cut number one, so I think it's really the top three are locked in and in different orders. Yeah, right? no, I know. I agree with you on that for sure. I think there's a pretty big separation between those three and then Toppin. The reason I'm not high high on Toppin is because he's 22. Yep, he can't shoot. We didn't see him in March Madness. I'm not draft. I'm not using a top three, four pick on him. No, I'm going top ten on him for easily. That's an easy call, just based on what he can do. But I, I yeah, I definitely whoever takes him is taking a small risk in that. I how do you guys? Feel, how do you guys feel about Denny? I got to see more of him, but I know he has a high ceiling and he has potential. A lot of people say he's like Gallinari. Uh, somebody heard say he's like Dario Saric. I don't know. But I got to see more of the guy. One more person comparison to Luca, I might lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is such a drastic leap to take. That's literally like comparing somebody to, you know, a James Harden or LeBron James. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, now it seems weird to put Luca in that category, but that's really what it is. So to, every European player cannot be Luca now, you know? Yeah. But that's um, what they have in their mind. A 19-year-old, sure. young Playing, I mean, he's playing in Israel, not really playing. Um, it's decent comp. Israel's decent comp for sure. It's not the best in the world, it's but it's definitely Spain. decent. It's not Spain. Yeah. No, it's not Spain at all. Yeah, especially in, you know, and chances are that kid wasn't playing pro at like 15. So, um, hey, but speaking of Luca, though, he had a huge, that game he had, he's been playing great, really, but that game he had where he hit the game winner was nuts. I um, am a Luca fan. Like yeah. Luca is so fun to watch. Yeah, talk, talk about somebody who made such a drastic leap in respect in the eyes of the, of the basketball world. People already were taking him, you know, somewhat seriously for sure. I mean, he's a great player, but even his detractors had to admit, like, wow, like he is the he's a real one. He is dead serious, and he's yeah. There's there's no doubting him at all anymore. And if you do, you just are doing so because you don't. You don't like his game or something, but it is. It's it's, it's not just what Luca did, right, Pierre? It's not just what Luca did. It's who he did it against. Yeah, man. It was a premier opponent. You know, it wasn't like he was playing the Hornets or any other lackluster team. He was playing a defensive team in the Clippers who was making it hard on him night in, night out. The man had 43 points still. Hit the game-winning shot. I mean, I don't know why they had Reggie Jackson on him. Oh, yeah, I don't understand oh, that at all. Why didn't Kawhi Leonard step up and show that he can lock down a, a player? Yeah, Kawhi, I, I, have, I have no idea why Kawhi switched that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know neither. You, got, like, wow. you don't even got Paul George on him. You got Reggie Jackson when Luka is a much bigger. Like, did you see that spin move Luka did too? My goodness. He's crafty, man. That's the thing. His, his, his basketball IQ is top three in the NBA right now. Yeah, one of my favorite my favorite thing about Luca is his control. Yeah. He is a big guy. He is crafty with those Euro steps and all that. But this man can control the game, can control his body. He is just a freak with the control. Yeah, you can tell in his in his game that when he's playing, it is very slow. Everything slowed slowed so far down that he is able to just figure it all out and you know dissect it on a, such an expert level. I mean, and like, well, like I was saying earlier when we were talking about uh, 
past episodes talking about the Mavs and Clippers series. It was my whole the question was can, can or, you know pretty much how far can Luca push the Kawhi Paul George the the defense that is the Clippers the great defense that they are how much can they push obviously they don't have Pat Bev to kind of throw at him once in a while and I think if they get him back that will help a lot uh, or it'll help at least some I would assume just even just the mental of annoying him but Luca I I did not think that Luca would push them as hard as he has uh, because he is just. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been abusing that team. Um, obviously, their last game, the Clippers blew them yeah. out. Um, we got to talk about game five with the Clippers 40-point yeah. yeah, man, playoff P finally showed up. It's about time, isn't it? It's about time. Yeah, yeah man, he had a, he had a stellar time. game all game long. He shot decent. Well, he shot better than decent. He had an efficient night. Well, some great defense as well. 12 for 18 from the field goal, 4 for 8 from downtown. 35 points for playoff P. That's the thing. Yeah, I, man. That nickname is so harsh. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, if I were him, I, like, there was even a video from when he was in OKC. Uh, it's, a, it's a game where Mello was still on the team. It was, they interviewed Mello and Westbrook. And it was the first time somebody had called him that, like, out loud. They'd said, they called him playoff P. And they go, oh, is that, that what you guys are calling him? Like, you know, to, like, to the reporters, like, is that what you guys are calling him? They're like, man, they're like, laugh at it because it's, like, not a great nickname at all. But yeah, he, uh, I'm glad he stepped up finally, you know, but and that's that's why he's there. But I'm mean, also it's watching him struggle has brought up what we've all kind of said is that it's there's a difference between being a great player during the regular season and then being a great player in the playoffs. And I guess that was part of the Dame when I, we were comparing him and Dame. That was the difference for me was that Dame at least understands the moment and knows he has to step up when it matters. And thank goodness we saw Paul George start to do that because you never want to see a player of that caliber struggle on this stage. You want everybody to play their best. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. that series can even out a little more. The, the Mavs need Porzingis in the worst way right now. Yeah, they really do. In Dallas, is there any chance they can actually win this series? They're down 3-2. Can they win two in a row? Man, Anybody, I, it's possible. It just they all have to buy into what's at stake. You know, yeah. we're down three two. We gotta come out with some fire and some intensity. Game six and you know, force a game seven. Yeah, I think, um, I think if play, then that's a big deal. But also I think at the end of the day it comes down to Luca, you have to control the pace and take over. He has to go off for the for I think for them to advance. He has to genuinely go off like he did. He has to have another one of those games. He really does. And I and he has to have two of them. Or and, otherwise and the, they're not going to do it. The great thing about kind of some of these postponed games, I think it actually out of any team helps the Mavericks the most, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have Finney Smith, Trey Burke, Porzingis, and Luca are all day to day. Yeah, that's the thing is that Luca did all that on remember there was a question he was gonna be a game time decision to play. His yeah, ankle sure. was messed up, and he went he out there and did all that. Last game, game five, he was hurting. You yeah, see him picking it up court, and his ankle was hurting. So it gives him time to rest. Hopefully, Porzingis comes back. Trey Burke has been huge for the Mavericks. He really has. He really. Uh, and Finney Smith having his length, his body, and he can hit shots. Yeah, Trey he can too. Yeah, you mentioned Trey Burke. I mean, talk about a guy who basically was passed around waved by teams and nobody wanted him on the roster and he's playing he was closing out games uh you know closing out games in the playoffs you know that what I mean? big, like that, that big overtime win he had 25 points no definitely and when and when luca hit his shot too i had said right beforehand in the group chat um uh in uh ssaw just saying that 
like, oh, I thought I thought Burke would might take the shot, but then he actually wasn't in that play. Actually, he actually they took him out for that. But I remember thinking like, yeah, that's something because we've seen him hit big shots again in the playoffs. You need guys that are not afraid to take those big shots, and when you know guys have done it before, that's a guy I want on the floor. So I mean, it's, it worked out because Luca did what he did, and he's he's as good as he is. But yeah, I really wanted to see Trey Burke potentially. You know, maybe they double team Luca or something. Trey Burke has to take a big old shot, but that maybe that'll happen in the future. Yeah, I thought it would have happened too, but they that Luca got a great look, and you know who else would you want taking that other than Porzingis? You want your star player taking it. One thing about Luca that I noticed, he has to just play through the contact, play through the whistle. He he was frustrated, and probably because they were getting blown out. But you know he's so young, he'll learn over time, and I noticed that a lot. But like, I would love for this to go to seven games. Mm-hmm. I really would. You know, like it just hinges on Porzingis because we know with Porzingis, you're getting arguably a guy who can get you 20, 10, and five. Yeah, I said Clippers in six. I'm staying with it, um, but would love for Dallas to force a game seven. I know you would, Matt. I know you would. Tire those Clippers out. Tire them out, Luca. Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing too. Is that even if you don't want a team to, even if you don't think a team will win, you you're hoping, especially if you're you guys, the you know Rockets and Lakers fans, you're hoping that. Whoever your next opponent potentially is, that they are a little more tired. Uh, well, they ain't gonna be the Lakers because they about to close Portland out. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna close Portland out. I'm hoping OKC takes the Rockets to seven games. Tires James Harden out, frustrates him a little bit. James Harden's already tired. What you mean <laughs> tire him out? Did you not see him game five when he threw that ball like that? That man is already tired. That's why James I want Westbrook back. James Harden is frustrated. Oh, he. This he man has every right to be. This man wants a champ. He just wants. He needs it. He. Needs but how does he? But here's the thing, though, Pierre. How does he have every right to be? It, it's it, it's so close to an Embiid situation. It's not, but it's in the same. No, I, no, it's it's getting there. I get what you're saying. It's and it very well can get there. The reason why he's frustrated is he does all these wild movements with the dribbles, and then he 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 gets a good look. Or he might give a teammate a good look and shots don't fall. I just, me, if I'm coaching the team, you got to look like we we have the ball and we'll go to the mid-range and they'll pump fake. Oh, no, like they act like they're scared to take the shot. Take a mid-range shot. It's not going to kill you to take a mid-range shot. What's up, Matt? I got a question. What do the Rockets need to do to – win a championship we gotta abandon the small ball like first and foremost i love it we play faster defense has been great we cannot rebound the ball the rockets don't have identity that's their problem now yeah, they exactly be like the warriors that, that's what that's what our problem they're not, was they're not, they're not finding like this is who we are and this is who we're gonna be that's they're what like, the problem oh, was let's just try and be like the warriors because it worked for them we went, we played the Warriors, and our GM was just sniffing them. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, he took that. Oh, yeah, we're going to, like, uh, I'm building a roster to compete with the Warriors. Like, what about the rest of the league? Like, yeah. our best chance was when Chris Paul got hurt. Yeah, and then like, we missed and the all Warriors, those shots. And the Warriors are out, so it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so exactly. You're built to beat that team that's not there. But, yeah, I think that, you know, Peter, you said that, Harden gets frustrated, you know, because shots aren't falling, but it's like, that's basketball. You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that's the adversity you have to face. 
And if you're shaking your head or your, you know, your body language isn't good and you're not, you know, not putting in the same kind of effort because that's happening. That's how you, that's how you don't win a championship. And it's like at a certain point, guys like Harden, guys like Embiid have to look, have to look themselves in the eyes when they're not winning and stop blaming everybody else and say, Hey, maybe there's something I can do, whether it's in my play or my leadership abilities in helping my teammates out, making them more confident um you know whatever it may be it's not 100 on them of course but if you're the best player and you're the leader on a team which they are harden is one of the best scorers i've ever seen i don't like his game we've talked about that but it, he's great at what he does he there's a reason yeah. he's good so yeah I, I think for the for the for the rockets they just need to figure they need to fire d'antoni and get a more conventional coach uh hopefully well, somebody, younger, uh, somebody younger who's a little more um you know un, who understands defense first of all i'm glad yeah. you brought that up because yeah, because yeah, yeah, they have they have some great pieces. Can, can Mike D'Antoni has a well, his contract's already over, and um, we haven't renewed it. There's some coaches that we are interested in. Tyron Lue's one of them. Jeff Van Gundy's another. Uh, there was some Mark Jackson talk. I don't know, but we do need a younger coach, and we need a coach that's going to. They've, there was some Popovich talk too, but I'm like Popovich is oh, not touching this team. No. Don't even Pop's don't start that. Nets, and Pop's going to the Nets. I, I would love is. to see it, but I, I think he hangs it up. Um, what, what what is so special about the teams that have won the finals the last few years has been this you can't even explain it type of teamwork, right? There's this special teamwork, and that's what the Rockets are missing. This special kind of teamwork. We we've seen it with the Warriors, right? That's why Durant went there. He he saw that special teamwork, wanted to be a part of it. I think the Raptors had that this last season. There was this special energy, this special kind of teamwork that bonded them, that willed them to win games. The Rockets are missing this special kind of teamwork. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it, I think it's a matter of it's that selflessness. Like the, like you said, Matt, the Raptors are an amazing. Um, or an amazing uh, case study in that because they did what they did with Kawhi. They had the superstar and now they're doing it again this year. Of course it's against, it's against Brooklyn and whatnot. They swept Brooklyn who obviously was so depleted. And so it's not an NBA roster they're playing against, but they are playing very much within themselves, very confidently. There is no, there really is no, there's no star on that team. Siakam's the all-star, but he's not, you know, he's not a superstar. Van Vliet's been playing huge. Lowry's been doing his thing. They just are a team that knows how to win. And that starts with coaching for sure. Nick Nurse is a great coach, and he's done a great job there. But also, it comes with players understanding that their ego comes second if you want that ring. Absolutely, and, and they got to understand. And the Rockets don't have. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't think Russell Westbrook is is that type of player. Nope. To say I'm going to be a number two, I'm going to sit in this role, or act, I think for the Rockets to win the championship, Russell Westbrook says I'm going to be a number three. You need who to be a number three? Westbrook to be a number three? Yeah. Well, we got to get a number two and uh, uh, first. I know. You guys need another piece. You guys need another piece. I just don't, I it's, it's hard. It's hard to obtain another piece when the GM keeps and you have no assets. Trading. Yeah, we have no. We, we literally have nothing to trade. I mean, Eric Gordon. Who's going to want that contract? Well, it's an expiring contract. But how many more years does he have? Eric Gordon. He has one more. Actually, no. We just gave him three years. No, I think it's I think it's team friendly, but still, I, I think West. I think the Westbrook Harden situation. I don't think that's that duo. I think they they can't be on the same team. The, the egos are too heavy, and also their games are too ball dominant for that to work. So, 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the season ends up, and hopefully Westbrook can at least play. Because, like I said, we all want to see teams at full strength. You know, we don't want to yeah, see teams limping into a playoff series. You know, for for the sake of basketball, we want them to be healthy. So hopefully, he can come back and and make that happen. But yeah, I think uh, you know, I, don't, I feel bad. I feel like we're just harping on how the Rockets are struggling. But I mean, they're I'm obviously talking, they're, they're deep in know. the series right now. You know, they advance. It's a whole new series. So I mean, they they still have time. I mean, they're still very much in these playoffs. Very much so, but as far as being able to beat the tougher mental teams, they have a lot. They're looking. They're looking uphill for sure. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Like matching up with the Lakers alone will be like that you know? challenge of guarding. We don't know what Anthony Davis the Rockets will get. They could get this Anthony Davis that doesn't want to play basketball. But there. but that's my thing. He just wants to go shoot around. Anthony like, David, like when we play him, you're supposed to be taking us to the hole. Dunking on us, you don't do none of that. You shoot jumpers on us, and I just—I I, I I think I think though, like because from what we've seen with the Lakers, they're the kind of team that reads the comments and reads the tweets and understands, oh, that, you know. I'm and here's the <laughs> so I'm saying, like, if they are, I think that Anthony Davis, well, and also just watching film too against you guys, if if that plays out, then they are. I think Anthony Davis attacks i think he goes at you guys really hard because they understand that that's your weakness it's one thing in the regular season it's a whole other game in the playoffs you know they could play you totally differently now um also because they are more they're more refined and defined as far as who they are as a team since they've since they played you you know um so because think it's been a long time so hopefully uh yeah i hope it's a good series as well but i think that the weaknesses you guys have the guard play if westbrook can play and then they have the the bigs so that'll Absolutely. it'll be very a very interesting series in, in the least to see because I mean who's going to guard Harden, you know who's going to stand in front of Westbrook? Nobody. So it's like that that series is going to be a, just a slugfest of attacking weaknesses. You got a point there. But one thing I want to point my attention to: Miami Heat. Props to them. They swept the Pacers. The Pacers extended Nate McMillan, which I thought was a great decision because I'm like, oh, he's coaching them pretty good, you know, despite. Older Depot being out most of the year, they got the fourth got seed. They got sweat. Not even two, three days go by, and they fire him. What happened to Bubble TJ? He was supposed to be the next great. Yes, well, he, he he showed up, but yeah, but then he dropped back down. That's the thing. It's like you're gonna fire Nick McMillan when his best player is TJ Warren, the guy that you guys got for cash consideration. Exactly. So Bowman was out. And I'm just I, I don't agree with the firing. Yeah, it was an unfair firing. It was an unfair firing, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Pacers do this offseason. Oh, they want Mike D'Antoni. Where's Oladipo going? I don't. Yeah, think, I that's don't. a good. That is a great question. Yeah, that's the, the Pacers are in a really weird spot because they have some decent pieces. But they're always talking about moving those people. There's always rumors they're moving guys. So it's like, but you know who said that? Are you really going to do that? Somebody said, was it Paul George? Yeah, it was Paul George. Paul George spoke on that. And he said that he wanted a certain big man there and they wouldn't go get him. He said it's like they don't want to get better. So that's why he wanted to leave. I don't know which big man he was referring to. Yeah, and, right. and if they and if they want to get better, and they think that that's throwing a, a potential max at Oladipo, like that'll tell us a lot. If they throw a lot of money at Oladipo, given his injury history at this point, and even his overall talent, he's not a max player. He's he's going to make a lot of money. He should make a lot of money for sure, but he's not a max guy. So he should have just thrown that money. Then we know it's that they really don't have their. 
priorities really lined up correctly. So, because like you said, they have pieces. They Brogdon, um, Oladipo when he's on, he's Warren, up. Sabonis, even Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner, but, great trade pieces for somebody. Yeah, oh, exactly. So it's it's it's. I'm not going to call it a Philly situation, but it's it's going to it's to that point where, hey, like. We're not doing anything here. This is TJ Warren's first year with the team, so I can't really say, you know, anything because he just came there. What's well, the thing like, is he's a, he's a great scorer, but he's he's a guy he should be like your sixth man. If he's, if he's your sixth man, then that's fine. But to, yeah. to act like he's going to carry a team every single night in the playoffs—that's what they expected. Yeah, that that but that's how depleted they were. So it's like you yeah. know that's where they were at. So it's. Yeah, I definitely I feel bad for Nate McMillan, uh, former Sonic. Yeah. I hope he gets back. I hope he, someone gives him a shot. Um, I think in the next couple of years he'll be back in there because you know he struggled coaching a lot, but that he's he did a really good job there. So he really also, shout out to the Heat for uh, for winning that series, sweeping that series. Same with the Raptors sweeping the the Nets. We won't talk a lot about that, I guess, because they yeah. easy sweeps. We we didn't expect it from the Heat as much. Uh, they played great. The young shooters played great, uh, and the yeah, Raptors. They had, they had, they had, they Milwaukee. Remember, I said they can. I gave, they that, can. I gave the I gave that big take at the trade deadline. It, mm-hmm. I don't know what episode that is. We'll find it, but I gave that big take that when they added Andre Iguodala in some of those pieces at the deadline, I said, "Don't be surprised if the Heat beat the Bucks and go to the the finals." They can beat the Bucks because they have multiple guys that can throw at Giannis. You can throw Crowder at Giannis. You can throw Iguodala at Giannis. You can throw Adebayo at Giannis. You can throw Butler at Giannis. Yeah, sure. exactly. I mean, and in the way Middleton is playing right now, you know. Yeah, well, you know what excites me about Miami is these young shooters. Yeah. You yeah. got Robinson. You got Tyler Hero. You got none who can shoot. You got these young guys. And they just Even got Even is on. None has played one game. And so he, he is – yeah. The more and again, you talk about the time off. The more time that he has, to just get his conditioning up and get ready to go. That mm-hmm. has a whole piece that they didn't even have. So that's they are very dangerous, Matt. I, I do remember you saying that for sure. My, I remember my thought on that was that if they can, was I thought maybe next year was their year. You know, they get a year of seasoning. Getting, I thought they could go deep in the playoffs for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could easily do that, especially with the way the Bucks have been uh, playing and whatnot. I think that they have a uh, a legitimate shot to potentially beat them. Yeah, I've been really surprised by Duncan Robinson. He yeah. has shown up in these playoffs, and like he's just not a guy you would imagine who who's going to shoot the lights out of this place, right? He looks yeah. like a Ken Barbie doll, uh, and then he he comes in and he's just lighting it up from downtown. Well, it's it's crazy too. You look Man. at his uh, if you get a I chance to look it, back like, at the ball movement in Miami, everything. It just I I didn't expect the sweep, but then I, it just dawned on me. I said Miami's too much for them. Yeah, definitely, and, and with Robinson too, he's the first guy to go from to be D three to get a D one scholarship, like not walk on full D one scholarship. So I mean that that kid is a late bloomer in every sense of the word, and he is just now starting to hit his potential. And uh, so yeah, he he could be even better. So yeah, I think the Heat could do some damage. I think the Raptors are also set up to do some damage in the East too. I, I think both those teams, because um, they got their sweeps, then they now get to rest and wait and see how it plays out because they are they're the East is more dangerous than we thought as far as the competitive level. It's definitely more dangerous than I think we thought going in. So that's yeah, just the top four that we're getting, uh Bucks, Bucks Heat, Raptors, Celtics, even the Celtics you gotta keep an eye on because they're an interesting case. Gordon Hayward being out, you know, that they will definitely need him. They would have needed him during the Raptors, with with the Raptors. However, with the Raptors, Kyle Lowry being out. Now with the stoppage, Kyle Lowry 
has a few days to rest his ankle because he wasn't going to play today. Yeah. And, you know, we already know that Raptors benched Ibaka, Norman Powell, Chris Boucher. Like, they, them, that team can make it hard for the Celtics. However, the Celtics can make it hard for the Raptors. That, that would have been a fun series. I don't know. It could have went either way, but, you know. Definitely. Um, and also, too, we haven't even mentioned yet the Jazz and the Nuggets. Oh, like, my goodness. Surprising series. I thought the Nuggets were going to handle this. Uh, I thought that the Jazz are obviously a veteran team. I thought they'd put up a little bit of a fight for sure. But the Jazz have pushed the Nuggets hard. Put uh, some respect yeah. on Donovan Mitchell's name. Yeah, this guy's got sure. 50 points twice. 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 Yeah, him, and, him and Murray in the same game. Yeah, that was great. Wild. That was great. Wild, and then yeah. Denver had to win. Denver had to win game five because, you know, that would have been it. So now, like, same thing applies to what we said about the other teams with injuries. Game, you know, the stoppage allows them to, you know, get more guys reps in. I don't know if Will Barton is back, but I know Gary Harris never left. So he was questionable. But, with you know, with the stoppage now, he'll be able to yeah, that's get a little more time, man. Harris I do huge, yeah. huge piece for them. So that's, yeah. that's a big deal. Um, also, too, Jamal Murray. I mean, as much as we're putting respect on Donovan Mitchell, we have to put it on Murray, too, because Murray is the reason why the Nuggets um, are still in this at all. He is the only reason why they are still in this because um, he, he he was so huge to close the game out uh, um, last game. He was so huge to close it out. He hit every big shot and was talking his trash. And, yeah, so the, that matchup of Mitchell and Murray is really interesting because it's pretty much yeah. who's going who's gonna to do it. Those guys are going to yeah, keep bringing their eggs. Murray- Murray's been crushing it. He's had two two iffy games though. He had two pretty bad games, but three just absolutely incredible games. Yeah, uh, yeah. He said he stepped up in the games that he needed to be needed to be big. Man, absolutely crazy. And uh, yeah, like you said, like Conley coming back has actually helped the Jazz a little bit. He, his game is uh, uh, he has been a better piece than what I thought he would be coming back. So that's good for them. Points last game. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, this team is. Uh, I mean, these uh, the Jazz are definitely. Uh, giving it to the Nuggets as much as they can. So hopefully uh, that continues to be a great series. I'd like to see that go seven for the fun of it, for sure. I think it can go seven because unless Utah comes out, I mean, with Conley back, and we talked about this, Riley, we didn't know what Conley we were going to get. And he's been showing up. Clarkson showing up. But Rudy Gobert has been on fire offensively. And I like to see it. I'm just actually shocked at how good he's scoring. Say the Jazz win this. Do we- how how good do you think that Jazz Clippers series is? The Clippers gonna beat them in six. Oh, I, I don't think they have enough. There's no way, yeah. there's no way the Jazz can beat no. them. No, the Jazz, the Jazz play too slow. Like the the it was hard for the Clippers to lock up the Mavs that they're moving so fast. Their offensive efficiency is so wild. They're pushing the ball. Luca's making plays. They have a dominant scorer. Um, on a different level than Mitchell. Mitchell has been putting up big numbers, but he's also not being defended by guys like Kawhi, Paul George, and Beverly and all those guys. So, yeah, I think that they have a really – I think that they have a good shot to push them a little bit just because they're a veteran-savvy team. But, yeah, I think I think that the if the Clippers do what they need to do, I think that that series fits them way more than them playing the Mavs. Yeah, I don't – I just – even with Utah, like Utah was running from my team, and I'm like – Wow, I you know so if they're Denver, Denver's a different team than than the, the Clippers. You know with Denver, you have scores, but defensively they're not as 
good as the Clippers are. You know, you got Harold, you got mm-hmm. Beverly, who's out right now, but he should be back. You have George, you have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, even Zubak is a solid defender. You know, with Denver, I can only think of Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, and that's it. Harris for sure, though. Oh, we got Gary Harris as well, yeah. So, Denver Clippers will probably be better just because of the, you know, the Jokic, like Jokic, Harris, Murray, Millsap. I don't know, Millsap, I don't know. He's confusing me right now. I don't know. He don't know what he want to do. But Utah will make life hard on probably the paint. But Donovan Mitchell, like, he probably would struggle because he'll be probably guarded by George. And I just can't see them stringing six, maybe, what, four games together to beat the Clippers? No, I I can't see it. But then again, Dallas has won two games. Utah is better than Dallas, with the exception of Luka. But I, I, I couldn't see style. different styles of play. Basically, it's different yeah, styles. way too different. Yeah, like I said, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a better matchup for the Clippers, uh, the Jazz are than the Mavs. So, um, and then yeah, so and the last thing, thing we haven't talked about is just really quick. The Bucks obviously beating the Magic. There's not a lot to say there. The Bucks should handle it. They've looked a lot better. <laughs> so yeah. they they finally started to break it up a little bit. Uh, that should be done. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, like I said, hopefully the Bucks can wrap up, Lakers can wrap up, and then the other series continue to be um, entertaining for sure. So, yeah, the hopefully, Bucks. Rest, hopefully, the Lakers wrap up and the rest of the series go to seven. That is very. I, do, I want to give props to a player, Nikola Nik, Nikola Vucevic. My goodness, this man has been playing great. I pray that they get him some help because I pray he, he leaves. He has to leave, but I can't say that because nobody made him sign that contract. He he wanted to come back. It's a Bradley Beal. Yeah, like boost event to the Rockets. Hey, I would love that. I I promise you, I would love that. What do you mean? Trade nothing. Hey, Spire Gordon, something. They I don't know. (laughs) You you guys can trade Daryl Morey's uh, condo in China or something. Man, something. (laughs) <laughs> but definitely, we here. We will have the once the uh, league play tips off again. You know we'll have it. Also, props to Giannis for winning Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Props to um, Nick Nurse winning Coach of the Year. Six Man of the Year. I don't know too yet. Uh, we already we gave our picks, but those are, those awards probably will be getting announced soon. I think one would have came out today, but due to what's going on right now, they're not going to have that come out. So, you know, any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up, fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com. Head over to Facebook, SSAW Group. Come talk to us. You know, give us your predictions on a few things. You know, if you want Vucevic to the Rockets like me, hit me up. We got to make it happen. On behalf of uh, Matt Riley and myself, Matt, good luck to you and the Lakers. Hopefully, y'all wrap it up. And... Good luck to my team as well. We're gonna need it. Matt, are you, you going to wish him good luck? No, he's not. It's okay. <laughs> Go OKC. <laughs> Go OKC. That's okay. I can't say Go Portland because I can say Portland's gone, but, you know. Yeah, you can wish him a good luck. Right? Game's gone out of the bubble. Yep. They're gone. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. Props to Portland for, for even, like you said, Riley, they, they went through a lot. They did. Oh, 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 and there it is. Oh, 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 oh
Mahalo, Charlie.